Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 146 of Smart Enough No Better. We're a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Greg Wall. And I'm Dan Beeston. And I'm in the room with you, Dan. I can touch you. I'm going to touch you now. Hang on. Um, no, that's not a touch. That's a grope. No, st- st- don't. Oh, he, he's got headphones on and he loves every little <laughs> organic sound he can make. Uh, the human noises that humans make are amazing. Humans like me. Okay. And in this episode of Smart Enough No Better... I'm looking out for number ones. <coughs> I've got the man flu. <coughs> and you'll have a devil of a time in our crypto zoo. And then I'm being sent to do the harker in New Zealand. But before we get there, what has happened to you this week in science? I flew on a plane. That was fun. Santa brought presents. Is that science? I'm not sure. Depends what the presents were. I t- I Telescope? T- did I get it? No, I didn't. Chemistry set? I didn't know. Didn't get any science presents. Terrorist learning kit. <laughs> I got those years ago. Years ago. Oh, no, wait, no. No, I, I don't really have a week in science beyond living my life for science. Dun, da, da. <laughs> Since I spent the entire week sewing this big S for science <laughs> on my shirt, it's like, no, that's copyright. That's, you're not supposed to be wearing that. It means hope on my planet. <laughs> well, here it means science. Science, man. Oh, I found a weird mole. Oh, as in the animal or the thing on your body? The thing on my body. Oh, no. It's just underneath and to the centre of my left nipple. Okay, right. That wasn't where I thought you were going to go with it. That's good. So uh, left nipple yes, down a bit right. towards the centre line uh, a little bit. Good. That's not good. Is, that, is it another nipple? I had the doctor check and he said it was probably just a wart and he said he'd burn <laughs> it off with liquid nitrogen. Woohoo! Okay. No. Oh. Hurt like the billy hose. Really? Hurt like crazy. Oh, okay. Also... It's like a month and a half later, it's still there. Oh. Okay, but it's substantially softer. Uh, and I wonder, maybe, maybe it's not a wart. Oh. Maybe you were right with your instincts. Maybe it's a supernumerary nipple. I, I hope it is. A witch's tit. Witch's tit. And then I can feed upon it like you're familiar. What? I no. Can, yeah, that's what familiars do. Nope. Familiars. Nope. We I, are not that familiar. I think that I am the familiar. I do not of, want to be that familiar with I am, you. Look, let's, let's face it. You are the podcast host, and I'm your homunculus, and Stop, I have to feed from the blood. Don't call me a host. I don't. I don't like. I don't like Damn being it. a host. He's already. He's already picking off on my language use. Okay. I'm just normalising it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Now I. He's thought, so tasty. I thought they could just appear like anywhere on your body, like magic or a curse or <laughs> Satanism. Okay, but they don't. Mm. So let's go all aboard the milk line. Woohoo! Toot toot. Or is that teet teet? Teet teet. Thank you very much. Oh, Being in the room really brings out the... Uh, yeah, we're, we're firing uh, on all cylinders. I'm going to have a drink now. Excuse me. Okay, trains do not have cylinders. Okay. Well, they, they, they technically do. They, they call them boilers, but they'd be in a cylinder shape. You wouldn't have a round... You could have a round boiler. Oh, hang on. Maybe they are all spheres. Probably safer to be spheres. If you're a train export, ring in. We'll wait now. Let's move on. In the womb. It's a, okay. You're, you're a little baby. I, sorry, I'm still thinking trains. Sorry, humans. In the womb. Sorry. <laughs> inside a human womb. Right. A human womb. Right. Yes. Yes, good. Thank you. And you're a little baby. Yeah, no, and all your skin is like soft. We, like we all were. Every one of us were babies. Yes, Dan. That's right. Inside the womb. Yes. Tell me more about this womb. Uh, I miss you being in Perth. (laughs) 
No, no, I want to write this down. Inside the womb. Okay, inside the womb. Are they defenses? You're a baby. No, real soft. Oh, okay. Real soft, <laughs> tiny, fragile bones. Mm, mm. So, but real soft skin. And then. Good for leather? You get a thick bit of skin from your armpit mm. all the way down to your groin. Ew. So it's a thick bit of skin. Oh. And, th- and that's like your milk line. Oh, wow. Right. It's on both sides. Right. And then it all goes soft again, except for your nipples. Hang on, this sounds like the mankini. Well, who's that guy who wore the it mankini? Does. So it's like it's, a, it's Borat. Borat's mankini. So we all have a, a mankini of nipples. You've got a flesh mankini. Oh my! Oh, oh, humans are gross. <laughs> humans yeah. are gross. And so they harden up a little bit, and everything else stays goes soft again. Right now, on dogs and cats and naked mole rats mm. and basically all the mammals, mm, mm. there's heaps of nipples oh, along the milk line. M- nipples galore. A bunch of them. It's just endless nipples. Normally, isn't it? Half the babies you can produce at once, sort of thing. Half the babies you normally produce. Yes. Yeah, so hum- that's very different for naked mole rats who are super friendly. <laughs> so humans have one baby because normally, uh, except, two for, boobs. except for demonic, demonic twins and, and even more terrifying triplets, because you have one and you can like, move them back and forth a bit. Yes. Right. Okay, cool. All right. Sometimes not the entire milk line heals up and goes soft again. Ooh. Sometimes you get another nipple yes. somewhere along the milk line. Absolutely. Just like you're a dog. No. <laughs> so that's where the supernumerary li- nipples are going to come from. And is yours on the line? Have you checked it? Is it could it be on it's, your... It, it's on my milk line. Oh, my God. Yeah. Man, I'm so aroused right now. I've never thought you were more attractive than right now. Well, you, I'm not even getting started yet. Oh. <laughs> so this is the big question. Mm. Are they sexy? Hmm. <laughs> are supernumerary nipples sexy the, things that could be used mm. in a sexual encounter? Well, that's a good point. Well, I want the um, before you go on, listeners, dear listener, I want you to think about your partner or someone that you, you have a crush on and who'd like to get wit, as the kids, I think, say. I have no idea. If you whacked another nipple on them along their nipple line, does that make them more sexy? Yell it out now, especially if you're in a public place. Okay, thanks, Dan. Okay. The answer is it depends. Ooh. So there's three parts to any boob. There's the nipple. Mm-hmm. There's the areola, mm-hmm. which is the little bit of bumpy skin around the outside of the nipple. Uh-huh. And there's the breast tissue. A supernumerary nipple can have any combination of these, including a full extra boob or accessory breasts. <laughs> accessory breasts. For the woman who has everything, accessory breasts. Now, some people don't even realize they have a third nipple. Mm. But I did find someone who had a personal experience <laughs> of having a third nipple and said it was just as sensitive as the other two. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, note to self when editing this, delete my browser cache. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's insane. That's really, So you can, have, you can have nipples. So they can produce milk then sometimes. So they could Sometimes it just be a nipple. Sometimes it can actually produce milk. Sometimes you can have a whole breast attached they to it. Can pr- they could produce milk. Yes. Even you- in men. Oh, so you can have two non-functional nipples. Your third one could be milk-producing. It could. That's amazing. It could. And uh, there, I actually did find a photograph of someone who was wearing a bikini top but still had, like, extra tiny boobs in their armpits. <laughs> it would look, look like buboes. Like? Buboes. You know, like when you, when you get the Black Death and you get the big black yeah, horrible bit. buboes and you die. A little bit. Like, yes. you wouldn't immediately spot it, and then once you did, you'd never be able to look away. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, no, it's definitely just a wart. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. Uh, so I can't suck on it. I can. You do not want to taste anything that comes out of that. 
man flu. We all... Uh, what? What? I, and I invited you into my house. Out! Out! <laughs> Stop it, you hypochondriac. Outside the bubble. <laughs> but anyway, we've all heard this concept of man flu, and it's, it's a way to mock men a lot of the time. You know, it's like, uh, you know, a woman gets sick, and they have to continue going. A man Keeps gets going, sick. doing the washing up. Yeah, and, doing and the, looking after doing the, the children. Clothes, looking after the children. Doing most of the work. And doing all of the housework, but not putting out the bins because that's men's, men's work. Men's work or, or, or mowing things. That's not normally some reason men's work. But doing it for 70% of whatever all the men earn as well. So that's exciting. Anyway, the point of this is a lot of times it's used to mock men. It's like man flu. Oh, he's got the man flu. when a man gets the flu, yeah. they're in bed. Yeah, that's right. Like they, they can't do anything. That's right. They're just down and they're like, oh, we can't do it. We can't, can't do anything. We can't do anything at all. But there does seem to be some evidence now that men are hit by certain diseases much harder than women. Prostate cancer? Well, uh, yes. Yeah, all over them. Well, some women can get prostate cancer, but this is a whole thing we're not going to go into right now. All right. (laughs) But yes, you know what I mean here. Mm -hmm. So, Penile warts? Once again, the thing I said before, not going to go there. All right. We're not going going down that path today. So the point about this is, do men... (laughs) Privilegitis. <laughs> oh my God, do we ever get that? It's the best. Everyone should try it. It seems to be that some viruses do actually cause greater symptoms in men. Now, a lot of the time when people have been studying science over the years, when they do test subjects, we pick white, educated, inner city, and rich, and then, then there's D. Because oh, they're the ones around. They're the ones around. Yeah, and the one, if you're at a university, it's all, all these white they dudes. Don't, they don't let black people no, into no, universities women, historically. No, no, that's right. So no, and, and they don't want to go outside the university grounds to no. get like a, a cross-section of people. Exactly. And so we start, we're testing people that look very much like people being tested on. But when you start looking at the difference between men and women, it seems that men do get hit by some diseases much more uh, uh, strongly. So men... With tuberculosis, are one and a half times more likely to die than women. Men infected with human papillomavirus are five times more likely to develop cancer than women. Men infected with Epstein-Barr virus are at least twice as likely to develop Hodgkin's lymphoma compared to women. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird idea that you can get diseases, that men and women get them, and men seem to show symptoms faster and deeper symptoms and worse symptoms. Does that mean that our immune systems are better, they're working stronger, to well, fill us up with more phlegm and... and- Fills up with more well, fever. Technically, technically, it would be the opposite. They're saying that was the original idea that women's immune systems worked better. That they were they didn't get cancer as often. That they didn't get the tuberculosis as often. Didn't kill them. So men must mm. have weaker immune systems. That was the basic idea. But now another new idea that's starting to test is the idea that women are more valuable hosts for viruses than men are. Ah. Because if a virus gets into you. There is another oh, yeah. vector. You can you can you can cough on someone, or you can bleed on someone. There are ways of you, and you can inseminate someone and give them a disease, a virus. But there's another way to pass on a virus that you can't do to another human being, and that's create a whole new human being. Hmm. So if you have a, if so the idea is that women who can have babies, the virus, because viruses don't want to kill you. If a virus kills you, it's killing itself. Yeah. It, it, it wants to make more of itself and then get out. So a virus has to balance between spreading quickly and killing the host. It doesn't want to kill the host. Most virus, I mean, they do kill the host, but that's not the product of what they're trying no. to do. It's just a byproduct. And ones that do kill you too fast don't spread very well. No, it's, like Ebola. Yeah, so it, it can be stopped, though that spreads pretty horrifically sometimes. 
it can be stopped faster because transmission is difficult. Mm. So HIV is quite, I mean, it has to be passed sexually from, from partner to partner. And so it doesn't f- travel that quickly. But if you could sneeze HIV on us, this would be very bad. And it may die out quite quickly because... Well, HIV takes a while to take you down too, doesn't that's it? That's true, actually. That's maybe not the best example. Yes. Yeah, and then another disease actually kills you. So yes, you know, I'm, yes. You sort of, it, I'm hopefully you see what I'm trying to say here, though, is a disease, these viruses aren't trying to kill you. With women, maybe they've evolved, so not women evolved, the viruses have evolved, so that it's like, oh, this is a female body. Play it cool, everyone. Play mm. it cool. If we play it cooler, we can spread to more humans much more quickly. So kill the men. We don't care about those guys, but go but softer on the women. Uh, here, well, here's a, here's a dumb idea. Men would go out hunting and women would stay in the and forage. Ooh. So maybe it benefits the virus to be a bit more of a visceral uh, a transmission. Low, a low burn sort of thing. Well, if, if, if the man goes out and meets more people, it's good if they can spread that more effectively out oh, there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Whereas for women, keep it under wraps and, they, and it's just, it sits there and infects the men. The men are the more dangerous vectors, but the women are the incubators. Maybe. That's possible. But the important part to take out of this is they're now saying we should be trialling both sexes and looking at this in that way and, and, and looking at it and getting people who aren't white educated in a city and rich to study on. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. They're probably cheaper. You probably get them for a lot less money than white dudes. They probably charge too much. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Uh, uh, that's for later. That's, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. There is a joke mm-hmm. about a guy called Mitch. Mm. He's going for a job at a big company. He's aced the interviews. But they just before they give him the job, they want him to do a drug test. Mm. Now, Mitch smoked a joint, so he asked his girlfriend, Cheyenne, to pee into a cup so that he can substitute her urine for his. Mm-hmm. It all goes well, and he gets a call back from the company a few days later. The guy says, I've got some bad news. You passed the drug test, but the company health insurance won't cover the unborn child you've been carrying for two months. <laughs> okay, good. so that's the joke. That's quite cute. Okay. This had me thinking about how much male and female urine differs and whether you can tell if urine comes from a particular person. Mm. Oh, a particular person. A particular person. Ooh, okay. So, like, can you fingerprint urine, which is a horrifying visual. The process... Don't don't cross the streams. Don't cross them. The process (laughs) of excreting urine is basically just getting rid of water and nitrogenous wastes. Mm. The process does not differ between sexes. Micturation, I think. Another, yeah. word, another word for urination. All right. Maybe wrong there. Walk of shame, maybe. The urine itself can contain information about drugs and vitamins that you took. Whether certain sugars and acids are unbalanced, small amounts of hormones, including sex hormones, Ooh. ladies. I mean, <clears throat> Michael. Michael Barnes said, please stop saying ladies into the microphone. So I'm just going to say, Michael. (laughs) Okay. So small amounts. So now now, now it's not creepy for half our listeners. It's only creepy for one of our listeners. Yeah, don't call me out or else you'll (laughs) reap my revenge. Okay. So small amounts of hormones, including sex hormones, and whether or not you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Urine can carry DNA as a contaminant but it has pretty low levels depending on what's been going on in there. If the gentleman has been involved in an act of copulation... Ooh, look at you and your fancy talk. Michael. 
then there's probably going to be sperm in the urine. <laughs> Lady parts are more complex. They can have blood cells during menstruation. They can have epithelial cells coming out, which mm-hmm. are like skin cells, but for flesh that isn't skin. Mm-hmm. So if you've got flesh, mm-hmm. like skin is just on the outside of the body. Right. But you've got lots of surfaces inside the body. Uh, so yeah, you better tell me. Yeah. Like so, granite topped. It's amazing. And it's a whole thing. <laughs> had, had the whole thing oh, done recently. About $40,000, but now I can, it's, it's, it's a work of art. Those are epithelial skills. Uh, they're mostly vaginal skills. They cells. also. Cells. Hmm? Cells. What did I say? Skills. skills. Skills? Yeah. Vaginal skills. Yeah. Michael. Okay. <laughs> Mostly vaginal cells. They also have a lower pH. An experiment at the University of North Texas established that they were able to easily amplify the DNA in female urine for DNA testing. But for men, they had a tricky time and needed to amplify the mitochondrial DNA using Ooh. a more complete system. Ooh. Where they, so they can get little tiny cells and they, they have to culture them up. Before yes. they're big enough in order to test them for DNA stuff. I see. So if you're committing a crime, do not leave your pee there. <laughs> women. Men. Especially women. Yeah, men, men you might get away with it. You might get away with yeah, it. Yeah, right. Don't pee on everything, for okay. God's sakes. So that, that's basically this segment over with. But... <laughs> Look in his eye. You couldn't see it. There's a little look in his eye. He's, he's, he's very pleased about something. In the process of planning this, uh, oh. I, oh. found, I found something amazing. Oh, no. Oh. Okay. I mentioned that female urine has a lower pH. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more acidic. Mm. Vaginas make themselves extra acidic to keep bacteria and yeast at bay. Mm-hmm. It is a poisonous environment. Bacteria get in there and they sizzle like a Bond villain's henchman being punished. The <laughs> vagina is like a moat filled with piranhas. But how is your relationship going, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a moat filled with piranhas. Okay. But what else goes into the vagina, Greg? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Cocks. Oh! Okay. Sometimes... But- Vaginas are like a toxic wasteland for sperm. <laughs> okay. Sperm are at their best when it's slightly alkaline, between seven and eight. Mm. But vaginas are between three and a half and four. Right. Like that's having a lemon up there. <laughs> Good. Okay. So how does anyone get pregnant? It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. No one's ever been pregnant ever. Storks. Vaginal mucus. Storks. <laughs> I don't know. I fell asleep during these classes. I'm not sure. Fell asleep or passed out in horror. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Vaginal mucus and seminal fluid are alkaline. Ooh. Within seconds of ejaculation, the vaginal pH rises to seven with the decrease in acidity lasting up to two hours. Wow. It's like a chemical drawbridge coming down over the top of those piranhas to welcome the little dudes in. <laughs> But if they stay in the vagina any longer after that, they're in trouble. They need to get up to the fallopian tubes ASAP. Mm. Now, we think of the idea of sex, ejaculation, and the sperm are in the vagina. And then we think of the sperm having to swim all the way up the vagina and then all the way up to the cervix. Yeah. That's a long way for a microscopic cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're tiny. The vagina, cervix, and uterus all have contractions that slurp the sperm up into the tubes, sometimes within five minutes. There you go. So it's not that the sperm gets deposited at the drawbridge and then has to swim all the way up to the egg. It it lands there and the female body 
just slurps it all up and sucks it up like a, tr- a like a train, like a like a subway system, and <laughs> takes them all the way up to next to the egg. And then the sperm only have to make that little last oh, little swim. So it's like a little carriage. You, get, you go to the drawbridge, the drawbridge drops down, a carriage is put there, the sperm will get in, and they all take they all sort of go up to the into the into the throne room. It's kind of like Disneyland. Yes. Like you, I was thinking. Like your parents take you to Disneyland <laughs> and you go through the front gates and then boom, straight onto the little carriage yeah. and it takes you to the rides. I will never look at Disneyland in the same way. I'm so scared right now. Yeah. It's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> my time. History continues to repeat itself as... Either Greg or myself, <laughs> rather confusedly, step into the same time machine that we always get trapped in. This week, Greg is trapped in the time machine. He's about to get sent to 1600 AD, New Zealand's South Island. I thought it was a North Island. That's, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm from Australia. I got them back to France. <laughs> yes, so the machine pings and farts and, and all the rest. And I have one hour, one hour to. Learn not just how to live in 1600 AD North Island, New Zealand, but to thrive and thrive I will, Dan, because you have sent me to New Zealand in an interesting period of its history. Brilliant, because I just picked a, 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 a dot in the dark. <laughs> so they have not seen, just for people who know, I don't know, it's one of the last places colonized on planet Earth. It's only about 700 years that people have lived on New Zealand. So the Polynesian people sort of moved down the island chains over periods of time and then took over New Zealand about 700 years ago, which, of course, is before, about 300 years before I sort of rock on up. Uh, that is nuts because Australia's we've been here for 50,000? 70,000 years. 65,000 yeah. years, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's somewhere in that, that ballpark, yeah, 50 to 70, somewhere there. Yeah. And they got across the Tasmania and went, we're done. Yep. Because it's quite difficult to go across the Tasman Sea it's, uh, to New Zealand. It's not as easy. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. So New Zealand, about 700 years ago, and 1600, no white people had ever been there at this point. Not one had turned up. So 1642, Abel Tasman, a Dutchman, he turns up. So see, I have 42 years where I'm the only whitey McWhiteface on the island. This is great news. Okay. Brilliant news. Okay. Brace yourself. This is not going to be the happy-go-lucky Greg one where everyone gets to be, do good stuff together. No. Yeah, Greg I, is... I, I, I knew that was coming already because you you very specifically laid out the rules about how important it was to pimp your time and that you were being kind of forced into pimping oh, yes, your yes, time. Yes, yes. You're I'm like, not, yeah. this, is the, this is my justification yes. for what's about to happen. I could <laughs> tell that was coming. <laughs> so I turn up as Whitey McWhiteface. In 1600, at this period of time, the I'd Ma- like to buy some coffee. <laughs> the the Maori people are starting to form what they call iwis. I have you heard about these lime scooters? This is that's not that's the weirdest weirdest impersonation of me ever. Yeah, it's, it's so strange. So the iwis are starting to form, which is a family group, confederation of tribes. And I suddenly rock on in, blast of light. Like the Terminator in a big circle, which I assume, who knows how it happens. And I you know, stand up amongst all these people and I'm, you know, pretty damn white. Mm-hmm. And my first response is to say, I am a god. Let's go there. All Let's right. Ride white privilege as hard as we can yeah. at this point. Has, I mean, obvi- obviously that worked quite well in, in the Caribbean. Uh, <laughs> how, how, did, how did the Maoris react when 
the Dutch first turned up. Well, they were pretty cool with it all. They're pretty cool with no, it. No, no, they're pretty cool. It's when people tried to turn up and and with lots of people to invade and that sort of stuff and and colonize. They were like, no, we're good with that sort of stuff. And okay, lots of fighting. But that was much later on. That was a Captain Cook era. That's a hundred years in the future. Okay, so we got. I have some. Just the thing. I haven't met anyone yet. No one's muddied the waters yet. I'm there to muddy them up as hard okay. as I can. And I'm right there when the tribes start to form. So my idea is to say, I am some sort of spirit. Obviously, look at me. I look very different. You're all beautiful, bronze, uh, like like Jason Momoa out of Aquaman, sort of Adonises. I'm some weird white potato god creature. <laughs> this is my plan. Mm-hmm. Go for mercy. Go for mercy. And then start building around the tribe concepts. Like, hello, everyone. We have to. You have to watch out. There's a war in heaven. A war in heaven. Like me, there is like a other white spirits that's going to be fighting. One will be here in 42 rotations of the planet. His name's Abel Tasman. Don't trust him. He's evil. And a hundred years after that, there's lots and lots of other white dudes coming. Don't trust them. They're evil. We better get to some science. No, no. There's not a lot of science. There's just a lot of preparation going on here. Right. So my plan, though, is what are we going to do then? Hopefully this all worked. And so the tribes have all come together. And after a year or so, they're like, Okay, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. What does he want? And I go, do you know, this is a good island. Did you know about the island to the west? And they'll say, no, we didn't know about the island to the west. Well, there is an island to the west that is bigger than all of New Zealand. The look of horror in Dan's eyes is already starting to form. He's getting there ahead of me, which is great. Oh, no. And so what we're going to do is build an armada... The Maori were quite a warlike people. They were quite happy to to fight for things. They're, yeah. they're all for yeah, it. Yeah. And they couldn't come across. Well, they didn't normally. People might have got across, but they didn't go across the Tasman because he had westerly winds from Australia to New Zealand, where they are in the world. It's quite hard to take boats from from New Zealand to Australia back then. Yeah. It would have been difficult. A lot of a lot of tacking. So you wouldn't have bothered. North south is roughly where you'd run. Once again, maybe people had. We don't. But it doesn't seem to be anything written down at this point. Mm. So I know an interesting trick. Because of the way the winds form, if you look at the South Pole, so looking at the Antarctica, by the way, Antarctica is still not colonized, really. So, you know. Yeah. I know people are writing a work of shame for that one. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That's right. About, you know, not colonized. 700 years. It's right. I, I know. I know. I know what our listeners are doing. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty anal. They're pretty anal about things. I mean, we encourage it. <laughs> we do. So if you looked at the South Pole from above, then the winds kind of go round the South Pole in a clockwise direction. And that's, oh, why, right. that's why we get the westerlies in Australia, well, from Australia to New Zealand, because down there, they're kind of coming from clockwise. And if you look at where they are, that means from west to east. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to get those winds. But you go north, and that would, if you went straight across from the North Island, you'd hit somewhere between Melbourne and Sydney, just to give people an idea of where we're looking okay. at here. But if you go travel north, which you just easily do, you can just you can just run all the way up to the north and go a little bit higher than Brisbane is, the winds all start to change. They start to... Do, so, sort of hit Norfolk Island area. Yeah, yeah. And then you start to... It's no longer westerlies all the time. It's a bit it's a bit indifferent back and forth. So you get some winds going to the east as much as the west. You go even further north, then you get lots of winds going to the east, east to west. I see. I'm sure the Polynesians know this. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, small potato god, we understand this. Yep. But I say what we do, we go north until the winds become more favourable, and then we... Eastwards go. Mm-hmm. The Armada's heading east, boys and girls, and we head into Australia and we run. Heading in- east? West. Oh, sorry, west. Sorry, yes. I said, yes. Don't go east. Don't listen to your potato god. That's a, yes, they, they kind of go. Wait, it's all right. He's from Australia. It's all upside down. <laughs> we head into Australia and we land in Brisbane area and we just take it all over. 
That's the plan. Right. We're taking it over. Look, it's all going to go horrible anyway. Let's just get in early. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So go in there, take it all over. And then here's where it gets interesting for me. The Chinese, for a very long time, have been building these big flat-bottom boats. It's like 13th century, so talking 300 years before I'm talking doing this. Big flat-bottom boats. Yeah. And they would take them around the sort of coastal areas. And Freddie Mercury was really into flat-bottom boats, wasn't he? Yeah, he wrote a whole song about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's right. In that new, um, very accurate movie, that's what flat-bottom boats, they made the Chinese naval get yeah, money. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. But what dimension am I in again? I always forget. So big, build a big, big flat-bottom boat yep. in the taken-over Brisbane area. Get quite a few of them. Get more Maoris to come You're over. You're going to build it. No, 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 no. I'll explain to them how to do it. Big flat-bottom boats. That's yeah. why you want big, wide ones. I'm not going to build anything. I'm a, I'm a pota- white potato god. All right. White potato god builds nothing. White potato god is white potato god. Come on. White potato god is going to get killed and turn into vodka. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> but not, maybe not yet. I might not be here at this point. I might point it out to them and go over there and come okay. and tell me. Build flat-bottom boats, and then you... Go down the coastline, and we're going to mimic another race of people in the northern hemisphere called the Vikings. Oh, and we're going to raid not we, we as in my people, not we as in literally the white potato. No, guy. no, no, that's I think that's pretty obvious. I don't know. I think you're going to be lashed to the front, the thing that comes off the front of the boat as like a mascot. Maybe, maybe we can't be killed with the white potato god screaming in terror. That's... And we head down, I'm bringing them luck. <laughs> And we head down and we raid everything on the way down from the indigenous people of Australia. Yep. And we take everything from them. And then we duck back across from Sydney, Melbourne. They head down for a couple of weeks. You grab everything you can, everything you want. And then you duck back to New Zealand on the westerlies. So from the east to west, like basically. So it's an easy out. Easy, easy out. You get back out. And you run like heck back to the back to New Zealand. You drop all your, and you just keep doing it as a loop. And it's just every couple of months. And that's just why I was mentioning the Chinese. What they would do, the Chinese would actually wander around like the coastal areas of, you know, Vietnam and Cambodia and Thailand and even as far as India. Yeah. So, some people even say maybe Madagascar, but that's maybe slightly, maybe not. Uh, and they would ask for tribute. Basically go, hi, we've got these amazing warriors and everything's really huge. And, we would. We don't want to kill you all. But no, we, that would be disappointing to that, all everyone concerned. Absolutely, but you know, if you just gave us everything yeah. that was really cool here and money and and gold, yeah, nice and, isthmus you've got here. Yeah. It'd be a shame if the whole thing burned down. <laughs> exactly right. And then we would take everything and we just go. We'll be back in a year. Hopefully, you won't get any funny ideas at that point. Now, I am pretty confident. I'm going to put money on the Maori people being able to pull this off. Yeah, yeah. They're, I, I mean, the indigenous Australians were pretty cool too. Like they, they, they killed quite a few white people. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> not really enough. <laughs> not quite enough. Certainly not quickly enough. So that's my pimp my time. It's not necessarily a, a, a technological pimp my time. It's more of a more of a cultural pimp my time. Look, I'm, I mean, I have to accept the meteorological sciences Thank involved. You. Thank there. you. Thank you very much. That's the lowest praise you've ever given yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Look, hey. You have brought a bunch of hot air to the to, to your <laughs> solutions, so I can only you can only be commended for that. I think that would work quite well. Thank you very much. That is true. Flat bottom boats and using the trade winds and the other winds to go back and forth to Australia to raid the heck out of it. Okay, so how does that so how does that continue on after after your death? Yes, lashed to the front. Of no, 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 no. I ascend to heaven. I leave behind yeah, the see. white potato body and I ascend to heaven. Of course. Mm-hmm. And I've told them all, 
and, and these and that means the Maoris are now they've got a lot of resources taken yep. from everyone else. Yep. They may even have set up in the forty something years where Abel Tasman turns up. That's a long time. Take you know a month to get across to Australia. I think you start creating vassal kingdoms, tribes, mm-hmm. iwis in Australia. So Melbourne, what's now Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney. Take I mean Botany Bay, the Port Jackson's an amazing harbour. Take all that over, and you just. Dominated all with, it, with the culture. So when so the when Captain Cook turns up, a uh, hundred something years later, there is a thriving, unified, hopefully, you know, happy culture across the Tasman. Basically, a trans-Tasman culture of people Who ready know for how them to sail and are ready to kick their asses up and down. Yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, Queen Victoria is going to get her transit of Venus information. No, I don't think she is at all. I think it's going to continue being Terra Nullis. Terra obsoletus. Basically, not Terra Nullis, yes, yes, but basically Terra Obscura. Yeah, that's yes. the one. Vanished forever. That's my pimp, my time. Forex. Am I, am I a monster? Yes. Am I doing it for the right reasons? No. Will it work? Hopefully. I like yeah. to think I've offended everyone with this one. No, I think, I, I mean, currently a bunch of white people came and killed a bunch of black people. Yep. So at least this way a bunch of black people killed a bunch of black people well, Pollen, and then fought off the white people. <laughs> like, I, I don't, is, that, is that good? Is that better? I think I think that's a I think that's a sum Is it? I think that I think you're in the black. Oh they Oh no. Really? I didn't mean to say that, no. but uh, I mean it was pretty astute. Yeah, it was. Anyway, Dan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I've done such a sterling job that you're really happy with. Oh, are we so we're not ending this. We're, we're gonna you're gonna continue feeding me into the machine. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. We've been doing it a while. We're, we're, we're look, running out of places and times to go. We, look, well, I think this is gonna be a fun one for you. Oh, oh, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. Let's it's, do it. You, I'm walking in. You're walking. I'm walking in. <laughs> and your machine switches on, and it's gonna take you to Chicago, Illinois, 1870. That's pretty recent. That's pretty recent. Oh, I'm gonna have to learn chemistry again. Welcome to Tasmania, Greg. Oh, hello. I'm going to take you out for a spin. Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the Crypto Zoo. Crypto, crypto Zoo? What the? This doesn't, wait, hang on. We don't do this. Not a thing anymore. We haven't done these for years. I think it might be literally years. We have got I'm confused. the Tasmanian Devil. Ooh. That's the one. Nice. And what does he do? He gets cancer on his snout when no, they bite no, each other. No, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. no, 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 that's, that's a bit dark. Yeah, no, 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 it's uh, the cartoon. Oh, okay, 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 not right. the real one that's he's, suffering. He's, <laughs> he spins really fast. Yeah, he spins. Yeah. And when we are you, spin. Are you going to cut all that out or no, that's, that's, we're just, we're doing that now. I'm even going to leave this in. <laughs> when we spin. We get so We much. get. Um, um, uh, um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> so, uh, when we spin, we get dizzy. Or more precisely, when we stop spinning, we get dizzy. Mm. It was told to me that when I was young, that there was a, basically a little cup of fluid in my ear that kept sloshing around. Mm. That's not quite right. It talks with hairs, doesn't it? Little hairs and things. And... Ooh, it's even more than that. Ooh. It's the vestibular organs. Ooh, how dare you, sir? All vertebrates have this. Imagine you've got three half hula hoops. Right. One lies flat on the ground around the Y axis. Mm-hmm. The other two are perpendicular on the X axis and Z axis. Or for our American listeners, the Zeta axis. Yeah. 
You could spin your head in any of the three axes just a little bit. Catherine Zeta axis jazz. Spin your head just a little bit and the fluid inside sloshes past a bunch of tiny calcium carbonate stones like water running past reeds. And that sensation of those reeds buckling under the slight pressure tells your brain that your head is rotating or accelerating. Weird. If I was accelerating, the fluid would slosh backwards, but if the acceleration stopped and I was moving at a constant speed, the fluid would return to its normal spot and I wouldn't feel any sensation of movement. Mm. We do that when we get onto trains. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not not accelerating anymore. Not accelerating anymore. Yeah, acceleration is zero. And because F equals MA, if acceleration equals zero, then your force on you is zero. Yeah, yeah, them letters and <laughs> numbers. Force equals mass times acceleration. We all know this. Come on. So when you're spinning, the same thing happens. Your fluid isn't sloshing in the opposite direction of movement, but mm. it is pressed against the side of the hula hoop. Right. You stop and all that fluid sloshes forward, pushing all those tiny filaments and making it feel like your head is now rotating in the opposite direction. Ooh. But your eyes know that it's not. And they're trying to keep your head still by moving against the sensation. Oh, I see. Okay. Now, the Tassie, the Tassie Devil isn't affected by this. Mm. Who else isn't affected by spinning? Ballet dancers. Ballet dancers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We've been doing this for a long time, obviously, but I can just pick your words. Ballet dancers and <laughs> ice skaters. Now, ballet dancers, why don't they get dizzy? It's, don't they pick a point in the distance and then they look at it as they spin their head around and then they whip their head around really fast and they, they pick on that small point again? What you're describing there is called spotting. Ooh. It's a dance technique. You focus on the point and the rest of the body spins around and then your neck can't twist any further and you whip it around and look at the same point. If you imagine a bucket of water, if you span it, the water would start to spin with it after a few seconds. Right. But if you just whipped it around every second, it would have most of that second to allow friction to slow that motion down uh-huh. and the water wouldn't speed up. But ice skaters spin too fast for that to work. Ooh, They spin super fast. When an ice skater does a spin, they'll often do a little dance move to give themselves a little hint of recovery time <laughs> after they've done the oh, spin. And a bucket. Or they'll do a counter-rotation move. So they'll spin Ooh. clockwise, clockwise, clockwise. They'll come out, do a little dance that involves them doing a little anti-clockwise. Yep. Or for the Americans, counterclockwise. Very good. One cool trick that I couldn't find written up but noticed in some videos is a trick called the layback spin. So you spin with your head up in the air mm-hmm. and then you lean back and your head tips back so that you're looking backward, but you're still spinning around. This means that you're inverting your vestibular organs so they're spinning the opposite direction to when you're upright. (laughs) I see. So it's kind of like you're spinning in one direction and then you lean back, you're spinning in the opposite direction, you come back and spin in the original direction just a little bit and you'd hopefully not be dizzy by the end of it. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. But ask any skater and they'll tell you there's no trick. You just get used to it. Ooh. Researchers at Imperial College London discovered that dancers learn to suppress the sensation of movement and focus on the highly coordinated pre-programmed movements. Mm. Not only that, but the area in the cerebellum that processes this information was smaller in dancers. It had atrophied. The researchers put a bunch of people with blindfolds into chairs and span them around. (laughs) Then they stopped them and they had them spin a handle in their hands at the speed that they felt they were still spinning, Mm -hmm. even when they weren't spinning. Yes, yeah. This matched the speed that they had initially been spinning, but the dancers span the handle much slower. 
they'd trained themselves to decouple the sensation from their brains and their eyes. Mm. Your ear and your eyes should be synced up and they decoupled it and just listened to their eye. You're a system that's ignoring the hardware inputs by rewriting your software. Yeah. You're like, no, we're not accepting inputs from you. Thank you very much. That's a that's a that's a good that's how uh, humans work. That's a good way to describe it. Hardware and software to me. Wet wear. <laughs> now we're back to the vagina talk. <laughs> <laughs> Wet? Where? But the the Tassie <laughs> Devil rotates faster than a figure skater. Well, that's what we actually talked about something else here. That's fine. Yeah. Thank God he's here. <laughs> oh, thank God. But the, Dan's moving on from the vagina <laughs> talk. What a what an amazing day this is. <laughs> but the Tassie Devil rotates faster than a figure skater. He moves like a turbine. Mm. The fastest rotating animal appears to be the flatty spider. Mm. It's, it pivots on one foot and pulls all its limbs in like a figure skater and can spin at 3,000 degrees a second. Good Lord. That's eight rotations a second. <laughs> eight RPM. Nice. The human figure skater can go <laughs> at five rotations per second. So it's all still oh. pretty darn quick. Yep. Okay, this movement in the spiders is being considered as a base to develop multi-legged robots, which, you know, can only... And happily for all of us. <laughs> That's right. Robot great. spiders? Yeah, robot Easy. spiders. Brilliant. That's great. More places you can't hide from robots. Great. But the spider doesn't spin and spin. Oh. It just uses it to turn behind itself. Ooh. So it can do eight rotations a second, but it only does half of one. Right. In an eighth of a second. So you know, sixteenth of a second. So you have to go behind you, behind you, behind you, behind you, behind you really fast. Where, 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 yeah. where, where, where? And he uses that to hunt. Ah. So he can spin around to spot prey. Mm. Okay. Or Which, something trying to hunt it. True. Who hunts the hunter? Well, this guy. The robot spiders, Probably, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They'll be great at hunting. That'd be amazing at hunting. Yeah, we should definitely look into that. <laughs> and especially if they use like biomass to fuel their fuel cells. Yeah, that's yeah. sensible. That's sensible. then they can just graze. They can graze. They can that's get right. any energy-dense yep. organic matter. That's right. They can just go into a, a field and, and you know graze, and when yeah. that runs out of power, they can just go into the cities and graze. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there's not a lot of organic matter in cities. It's mostly all concrete and glass. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there I'm is. sure they'll find something. Okay. Sure. There are animals that happily spin. Dolphins spin toddlers. around in the water. Toddlers. Toddlers. True. Toddlers happily spin. They're animals. Yes. You think that they're Tassie devils? Uh, yes. I think okay. they're animals. I they think can't they're... get that fast though. Okay, oh, okay right. And they get and they do it with the intention to get dizzy. Oh, they, I love it. They're just they're just the worst. Drugs for kids. <laughs> okay. We're not selling drugs for kids now. What's, what are you talking about? Hang on a minute. What? What was that? Hey, buddy, you want to go for some spin? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dolphins spin around in the water. They thrash towards the surface mm. and they spin in the water and they get held back by the friction in the water. But then they pop out of the water and they and all of that energy turns them into a fast spinning missile oh, okay. through the air. <laughs> right. And the idea for that is that if they've got parasites on them, then they're spinning really fast and they'll and the parasites will get whipped off. So and whipped out, And then it'll hit the water and the parasite will just get knocked off it. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I should try that. In a dolphin, their vestibular organs are about a third the size of ours. Oh. Gravity is a much less important piece of information in the water mm. and sea creature vestibular systems are tiny compared to ours. I guess you just need to know where the, the surface is. You want to know I'm swimming up to get air. Yeah. Otherwise you don't really care. Yeah. You just watch the bubbles. Follow them. Sure. So it could be that our Tassie devil has a reduced vestibular organ. Mm-hmm. But to be effective on land, he'd need to compensate for that. Mm. Mm. Okay. And he spins pretty fast because he can, like, drill through wood. Yeah. And so he's, like, much faster than eight times a second. Yeah. Like, much faster. 
To maintain balance and navigate space in our physical world, we must organize and integrate information from our vestibular system, the visual system, mm-hmm. or our eyes, and the proprioceptive information, which is the information perceived through our muscles and joints to tell us where we are in space. Mm. Perhaps the devil has a very good sense of its muscles and body structure, or Mm. perhaps its visual system is super good. Okay, so the Tassie Devil's eyes. Yes. They're quite big. They're kind of big. Yeah. But you compare them to Bugs Bunny. They're not actually that much bigger. In oh, okay. fact, oh. the Tassie Devil's got a little tiny cranium. His eyes are right at the top of his head. Mm. So uh, some animals that do have big eyes are things like owls. Mm. And they take up most of the brain. Take most up the cal- most, most of, of the, the brain. Cranium, sorry. They can't even, they're so big they can't even move in the sockets. Yes. <laughs> so they've got great big heads with great big eyes inside them. Mm. Tassie Devil, he would need really big eyes and there's just not enough room in that cranium nice. for him. Okay, so there's not big eyes. Good. So if he had a lot of proprioceptive information, how does that information get to the brain? Uh, through a nerve, uh, through um, nerves, I guess. Nerve endings. Yes. So if he had lots of information going through that, hmm. what would you expect? Uh, a lot of nerves. Lots of nerves. Yes. Which means? Uh, a lot of electrical energy. True. If he has a lot of nerves, yes. what does that say about his spinal column? It's complicated. Complicated and yes. thick. All right. <laughs> like it's big. It's, yes, like, it's a I lot see. of information. Got it. Yes, yes. Okay, you can't yes. put a lot of information through a see. little tiny bottleneck. That's true, as you're saying. Yes, good. Yes. Okay. Good. Get there in the end. So his body <laughs> would be quite wide mm. and squat mm. with a great big strong back Ugh. and a very thick neck. And he does. He doesn't have a neck, does he? He kind of sits squat yeah, on his shoulders. Yeah, sits on his... Oh, okay. Ah. It's all coming together now. Ah, so to test this, we could put a blindfold on the devil mm-hmm. and see if it falls over dizzy. <laughs> Bag's not me. Bag's not me. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. He touched his nose before I could. Oh, fine. Here, here. I don't know if that's me or him. I'm not too sure. <laughs> that's the noise Greg makes when he's scared. the <laughs> battle. Welcome to the Walk of Shame. Sometimes Greg and I make mistakes. Sometimes. say something that's wrong and you, our so brilliant listeners, rarely. swoop in and save us from ourselves. That's right. And then everyone learns something. So rarely, though. So Michael <laughs> so, Barnes has written an email in. He decries in the last episode when we were talking about paracetamol. Yes. You said, uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of this stuff is placebo. Yes. Someone I know took Nurofen when they were feeling a bit ill and you said... Well, that's just to stop swelling. Isn't it? Now, from the Australian government's Department of Health website, uh, the one they set up uh, in the hope that people would use the website instead of going to hospitals, (laughs) ibuprofen works on one of the chemical pathways for pain. It reduces the ability of your body to make prostaglandins. These are chemicals that promote pain, inflammation, and fever. uh, Prostaglandins are made at the site of tissue damage or infection. Uh, with fewer pro- prostaglandins in your body, fever eases off and pain and inflammation is reduced. So if you had some pain due to uh, infection in your body, yes. possibly from if you had a celiac reaction, yes. there was damage in your, in your tummy, mm-hmm. you'd feel sick. Yes. And so taking this would reduce the pain uh, from the infection. Yes. Uh, because what, the, the infection gets in, mm. the prostaglandins come in and they create the swelling. Mm-hmm. So they create the swelling, but they also create the sensation of pain and they also create the fever, uh-huh. but they don't necessarily do all of those at the same time. So if your pain is coming from a 
from a prostaglandin uh, source, source mm-hmm. then ibuprofen will ibuprofen will take care of it. Yes. Well, I've learned something. I will. I will come in and say that Michael Barnes has also sent to me. Uh, said we basically said, has a dolphin ever killed a human? Asked Dan. And then I pointed out the killer whales have killed humans. And Dan uh, and answered Dan's question, only he didn't realize that since orcas or killer whales are the largest of the dolphins and the world's most powerful predators. Ah. So dolphins have ever killed, uh, well, dolphins have killed humans, uh, in, but not maybe not in the wild. No. So, but in, in SeaWorld, they sure heck, has heck done. Sure as heck done. That was almost English. Yeah. In well, SeaWorld, they definitely did. One orc killed two people. Yes, that's right. Like he's making up for all others. <laughs> so they are whales. No, they are, they are dolphins. So there you go. Hmm. And and I love the fact he wrote dash Wikipedia after that. He's, <laughs> he searched up on Wikipedia. Eric Wilson uh, has been uh, Eric Wilson has been going back through the old episodes. Oh no! So from episode forty two. Oh no! That's a long time back ago. Back in like the eighties or yeah. something. I'm assuming. <laughs> you let's st- dance. You stated some, oh, no, someone who wasn't wasn't very friendly and mm. just wanted to stay at home was antisocial. Mm. Now, this is a commonly misused term in our lexicon. Antisocial is a term which refers to behaviours that undermine harm or uh, or are just completely unacknowledging of others. Things mm. like committing crime or other stuff that's disruptive to society. A better term for someone who just wants to stay at home and not socialise Boring. Is asocial. Oh, fine. Asocial. A lack of motivation or preference for being alone. Oh, fine. I think you still think you're antisocial. Okay. He also... Sent another one from oh, right. episode 29. Oh, bloody hell. I know. Yeah. That's this is the thing. We only have a month, yeah, and yeah. he's going yeah, through yeah, dozens yeah. at a time. I know. Just I know. It's just picking like, oh, the scraps. I do, oh, God. That's not good. Okay. He says, Greg makes the assertion, after talking about physical pain when mm. feeling rejection, he said, I'm a stone-hearted bastard. That's true. He says, I think it's fair to say that after over 145 episodes... We have enough recordings of Greg to show that he actually likes people and isn't stony or cold. How dare you, sir? And actually a decent and good guy. I'll kill you. While this may be controversial, I think the data is self-evident. That's not how data works, Eric. (laughs) I want charts. I want pie graphs. I want statistical (laughs) breakdowns. I want a goddamn autopsy to find about Greg's so-called stone heart. Uh, I'm scared now. If you hear us make any mistakes, please do. And you, or specifically, if you hear Greg make a mistake, <laughs> please send it to dan at smartenough.org. And Dan stuffs up all the time, but send it to greg at smartenough.org and I'll throw it in his face. Now, we challenged, you may remember the last episode, we challenged, or I challenged very stupidly. I was, we're talking about Michael Barnes. He gets, he's basically as the third host of the podcast now and uh, just comes in every time. And I made the some MVP. MVP, yes, yeah, well, yeah. which I always just assumed meant man versus predator. <laughs> I, 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 it took me ages to work out why people were referencing that. I said that Michael Barnes wouldn't uh, search for all the times we said search for extraterrestrial intelligence in the podcast, but he did, uh, but not SETI because that isn't what I asked him to do. So he actually worked out because I didn't realize I, I've got to. I thought I wanted him to go search for all the SETI thing. That's why I kept saying SETI mm-hmm. through it. But he pointed out you didn't ask for that. You said the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And he said, I did say that. I said that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 times. And he's date stamped them and he did send them in. So he actually caught me out because all the other SETIs that I said were wrong. I wasn't asking to search for SETI. I was asked for search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So he's got those. Uh, I did say that I would send him a T-shirt if he did. 
And no, that's all right. You see, he's missed one. Greg, you're going to have to go back and listen to that and, oh, and note them all out. That's, that's, like, he could have just made those up. There's no way you went to, to check those times. Absolutely fans. not. Absolutely not. I have a life. I have things to do. I don't listen to this podcast. It's ridiculous. But anyway, I said I'd give a shirt. Look, he's, he's made a, look, he's made a, he's made an Excel spreadsheet oh, here. Of course he has. <laughs> it's amazing. So he said he already has a t-shirt because he's a lovely guy. So I will, yes, <laughs> we will, we will get back. And when we start putting together the Kevin Lowe ethical questions, when we get that up and running, then we will be, uh, giving that away as the best ethical question given away. So Kevin will give that shirt to someone in the future in the new year because this is the last episode of 2018 or the first 2019 depends if Dan edits it pretty quickly. Well, don't put this on me, so Mister. Th- wait until I come over for Christmas for to record. Oh, don't put it on me, Mister. I want to record with you in a room because you're my friend and I enjoy seeing you. I never said that, but I think you bloody did. No, I'm certainly. I certainly wouldn't now. <laughs> okay. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. Also, Greg at smartenough.org. You can click on any of the buttons on oh the website, so smartenough.org. It's amazing. There's subscription stuff. There's social media stuff. There's yes. all sorts of fun stuff on there. Absolutely. And you know what one of them is? You know what one of them is? It's our Patreon button. Oh, yeah. We got our Patreon button. And I did some maths about this recently, and I looked in, because we've been running Patreon for just under a year now, and people have put money in. Remember, we're never going to make it... Th- behind a firewall or anything like that. We're never going to stop people listening. But it's really useful if you want to throw in a few dollars, uh, $2 per episode. That's really useful. I mean, to- it probably wouldn't harm us to stop uh, uh, Eric Wilson from listening because he keeps going back through the old I ones know, and finding I know. mistakes. And it's, it's all, Can and we all- lock him out somewhere? <laughs> I think he, he's one of our, he definitely is one of our, um, one of our Patreon supporters. Our alien versus predators. That is, yes, exactly right. So I did some maths and I realized that about 2.5% of you pay for the podcast, which is amazing. That's a really high percentage. That's one in 40. That's, it's, it's incredible compared to so one. I, mean, I was listening to uh, the famous 99% Invisible, and they have one, I think it's seven in 10,000 pays. We're doing much better than them. They probably We have. must be offering something amazing we must for be. that money. We must be. But of course, they have a lot more people listen than we do. You know, that's, that's fair enough, too. I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that they, you know, yes. That's They're fine. doing all right. They're doing okay. They're doing all right. I would like for you... Next episode will just be an hour of me pimping Casper mattresses. <laughs> Oh, well, bitchy, bitchy, uh, bitchy, uh. but kind of fair. I have put in uh, it's maths and it's 2.5%. I would love that to, in 2019 to go up to 3%. Can we get that to 3%? So you might be sitting to yourself going, well, maybe I'll put some money in. Hey, give it a go. Two bucks. We're not asking for a lot of money. We're just asking for two bucks per episode. I'm putting a lot of pressure on them. I know. I am. I'm, They're just I, here for fun. I am. And I'm, but I'm saying, on the internet. They don't want to pay for stuff on the, the internet. That's true. Never buy anything good on the internet. If you don't want to pay us monthly, hey, put it into the tip jar also on the podcast. That's it. Money talk over. I'm out of here. No more money talk. Except that now we have to do the Patreon bit. Oh, crap. Oh, damn it. I really stuffed this up and done it. Yeah. So <laughs> some people gave us five bucks. Yes. Well done. For this month. And they get their names read out on the podcast. Woo-hoo! So that's Andrew Trousdale, Andrew Whitehurst, Andrew Whitehurst, Ava, Ava, Ava Greenbury, Ava Greenbury. I think she's kind of new. Earth Dog Fifty Eight, Earth Dog Fifty Eight, Ilana Mitchell, Ilana Mitchell, Elizabeth Youngkin, Elizabeth Youngkin, Gary Cooper, Gary Cooper, Hey, dressed okay, up like million this, dollar. This trooper. is already going a long, a long time. Like, is this really entertaining? I think it is. Uh, continue then. If you're, yeah, if you're having a good time. Our listeners are having a good Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Mm. Where was I? Gyroscope. Gyroscope! Li- 
Pope. Lindsay Jenkinson. Lindsay Jenkinson. Matt Ewers. Matt Ewers. Matthew Toy. Matthew Toy. Michael Barnes. Michael Barnes. Michael Matt- Barnes. Alien versus Predator. Michael Barnes. <laughs> Michael. Uh, Natalie. Stop. Michael. No, don't. No, no. Don't nibble the microphone, please. Natalie. Phil Holland. Phil Holland. Steve. Oh, what a Christmas gift this is. Oh, yes. Steve Eichenhout changed his name back to normal. Uh, Steve-O! Eichenhout. Uh, okay, so now some people have given us 15 bucks and this we, month. And therefore we have to hate them. We have to <laughs> abuse them. We do. But. That's the thing we created. It's the Yuletide season. Oh. So I've made some Christmassy taunts for oh, them. Oh, lovely. <clears throat> Here we go. Scott Driscoll. Oh, Scotty. Take a shower, Scott. You smell like you dropped a Yuletide log in your pants. Okay. Okay. Flip the page. Yeah. Dustin Fallon, you reminded me of Santa Claus because no one believes in you unless they're massively naive. Ow. Ow. Ah. Eric Wilson. Mm. Merry Christmas, dude. Thanks for all the great ideas. What? Oh, yeah, we don't have to insult him. He said so. Oh, yeah, I think he, he said he, you don't have to do he, that. He, he emailed us and said we don't have to do that to him. I, you know, I always smile when I get to his name, and I'm like, I don't have to come up with some ridiculous abuse. It's great. Okay, Tom Siri, you're like two ghosts at Christmas time. You don't have a future. <laughs> oh, wow. This some of your best work. Ah, there you go. Pretty good Christmas. That's harsh. Yeah. Take that, Christmas people. Take that. Woo! And a happy new year. <laughs> oh, hang on, there's more stuff. Oh, we excellent. Oh, well, oh, he's dropped. Oh, oh, God. Fudge. Oh, God. Christmas fucking fudge. <laughs> Son of a Christmas. Okay, a couple of podcasts ago, yes. I said, hey, how do we pluralise our smart oh, yes. enough fans? Yes, and, and no one wrote in. No one gave a rat's tattoo. No, no. We, got, we got a couple of them. Oh, they were rubbish, though. They weren't great. They were They were pretty bad. Um, And those people should feel bad about they themselves. Should, and they do. Okay, but finally, our man Eric Wilson. Oh, bloody hell. Stepped up the plate. Uh. Okay. Uh, smart asses. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. It's all right. Uh, Ignanauts. Ignanauts. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Smartists. Ooh, I like smartists. Close the gate. There we go. We've done it. If you're a fan of smart enough, no better. You're a proud smartest. We're going to have smartest spread across the world. Tromping boot by boot across the world. Spreading science, comedy, and ignorance. I suppose that's better than smartsies. <laughs> the smartsy menace. Creeping westward across Europe. Out technically right. <laughs> the best sort of right. <laughs> yeah, let's not call our listeners the out technically right. <laughs> oh, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> and as we always like to say, flat bottom boats make the Chinese world go round. We like to say that every time. And we gave to Wikipedia. We gave to Wikipedia. That's what it was, yeah. We gave to Wikipedia. We gave 20, 20 American dollars to Wikipedia. 20, no, I said 20, 20 Australian dollars. Oh, God, you've bankrupted <laughs> us. I'm <laughs> doomed. Doomed. <laughs> That's a good impersonation. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's either that or Bobcat Goldthwait. I'm not too sure which one I'm doing. <laughs>
Not anymore, though. That sounds like a Family Guy joke, having Bobcat Goldthwait talking to uh, the, the <laughs> Tassie Devil. Well, Bobcat Goldthwait doesn't make the noise anymore. He refuses. Like He's like a proper guy who talks about proper stuff now, and, and, he's, and he's just a normal fella. And that's a character nah, play. Is he? <laughs>